This week, Into the Bromleyverse continues as we discuss Ip Man. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And you are here for episode three of Into the Bromleyverse. Verse, verse, verse. Where after four straight episodes of forcing slash uh, rewarding Patrick Bromley with the Rebuild Evangelion series, he is now uh, forcing slash rewarding us with movies of his taste. Yeah. Uh, and this week, Patrick, what movie do we watch? We're watching Donnie Yen's Ip Man. Yes, that's right. 2008's Ip Man. Boy, um, uh, propaganda sure looks weird from the outside. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you forget that like other countries have propaganda. It's yeah. just wild to see a uh, country's propaganda that involves another country that we're just not involved in. Yes, yeah. that's right, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, because most people I think when they think propaganda, it's like... The like the Lenny Riefenstahl like Nazi propaganda, yeah, and or like, it's like Uncle Sam. I was gonna say, yeah, or, or Uncle, Uncle Sam, Sam. I want you, but yeah, it's a whole weird thing where like an entire like uh, studio system exists to just be like <laughs> workers will seize the means of production and all that other good stuff. <laughs> Japanese glory. sword did sure did some war crimes. It's Soviet realism with kung fu. That's yeah, yeah. that's absolutely true. Yeah, uh, and here to really like dig into how the Chinese people feel about this are three white guys with beards. Yeah, from America. <laughs> Between the two of us, we might know four words in another language. I mean, I know a bunch of words in like other like... You know a bunch of things to say to make people angry in Quebec. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I know a lot of French words. <laughs> to be fair, to make someone angry in Quebec, all you have to do is say, hello. <laughs> mm. All you have to do is not speak French. Correct. They become enraged. <laughs> yeah, a guy spit on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a Quebecy guy. We went to a, we went was the, we went to Quebec. It was we went to a karaoke place inside of a department store. It had its own movie like theater for it. We went inside. I picked up their big book. I was flipping around trying to find hollow notes. The guy walked up to me and he went slam. Sit to me nay and walked away. <laughs> Did you tell him nay? Uh, I know. I just like <laughs> sat there and and took my shaming. Oof! I took my karaoke shaming. I was a young man. That's I didn't fair. know better. And you're in a foreign country. You can't just go punching the Frenchies. That's right. Yeah, I was on a student visa. They would have sent me home. That's true. Yeah, you would have started a diplomatic incident. Yeah. I hope, was, I hope you came home, traveled to southern Louisiana, and punched some Frenchies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, those poor Acadians had a long trip. They were booted out of front. They were booting out of French Canada, yeah. and you know they gave us eventually like a version of gumbo. So yeah, like, good and for that's them. Not bad. Yeah. And yeah. Doctor John. That's True. right. Man. Everyone I, loves Dr. John. Man. I mean, literally everyone loves Dr. I worked, John. You're not allowed to not like Dr. John. Yeah, I worked at a live performance box office when the uh, when Hurricane Katrina came in and just absolutely decimated uh, Louisiana and New Orleans in particular. And we, for some reason, had a Dr. John concert booked like later that month. And this guy came up and he's like, yeah, I want two for Dr. John. Man... 
he's a man without a city now. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, my heart bleeds for Dr. John. <laughs> oh, good old Dr. John. Anyways, this week we watched Ip Man, and Ip Man begins like all movies do. In the the city of Foshan in China in 1935 on Martial Arts Street. The Martial Arts Street. That's right. We are told with some uh, uh, opening uh, um, like subtitles that uh, Foshan as a city is famous in China or was for its kung fu. So much so that like it's rich and prosperous. Its entire economy appears to be built <laughs> on teaching martial arts. Yeah. Yeah, it's not unlike Orlando, Florida. Yes, that's true, yeah. <laughs> they have one entertainment-based uh, economy, and uh, yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and so we open on a, uh, a big celebration uh, on Martial Arts Street. Yeah. Uh, where uh, all the uh, rival schools are out in the public square practicing, doing whatever. They're basically doing like a job fair. A t- yes. A, trying yeah. to attract different people to the different schools of martial arts. Right. right. Uh, and they got fireworks and a dragon. It's pretty rad. Yeah, if my career day had fireworks and a dragon and a kite flying uh, section of it, man, I, I don't know, I'd maybe be like a plumber or something. Right. Yeah. I might have a real job. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking liberal arts degree (laughs) that I'm still paying. I I think it is fucking rude that I still have to pay back my student loans at this point. I agree. This is bullshit. (laughs) The world is literally fucking ending. And they're like, yeah, but you went to school 10 years ago, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't that set you up for success? Come on, isn't Biden giving you to like May? Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, over at the uh, the estate house of one Ip Man, played by Donnie Yen, uh, he is sitting down and enjoying a, a nice little uh, uh, lunch and breakfast uh, with his yeah, wife and kid. Got, like uh, those steamed dumplings that you dip in stuff. Yeah. It looks good. And one of the uh, martial arts teachers shows up at his house and he's like, Master Ip, you're the best. Uh, I was wondering... Oh, we should, we should point this out right away. His name is Ip Man. Yes. Ip Man. Yeah. Yeah. Point made. That's yeah. it. That just... Like, we're not giving him a cool nickname. That's literally just his name. Yes. He's Ip Man. He's a real man who is alive in real life. This movie is nominally based on a true story, a portion of his life. As based on a true story as, as movies tend to be. Of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ip Man, of course, famous for uh, eventually at one point training Bruce Lee in his younger years. Uh, but here's like sort of like the Ip Man origin story. Yeah. Uh, so this other martial arts instructor shows up and he's like, Ip Man, you're the best. Uh, I would be honored if you would like spar with me. And he's like, yeah, man, we can do that. But we'll do it in private so nobody is shamed. They send everybody out of the room and they have a, a sweet little fight where it man... Well, they have a sweet little brunch first, yeah, which first, is really yeah. nice. <laughs> like, I gotta finish dinner, buddy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he eventually invites him to dinner. And then like any great athlete, you know, after dinner cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, It's good for the digestion, don't you know? And then immediately after eating a big old meal, he's like, all right, time to fight. (laughs) Let's rumble. And they do. And Ip Man casually defeats this guy. Yes. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. And it's, it's a sparring match specifically, so there's a lot of like... 
him purposefully not connecting his moves yes. in a way where it's like, oh, buddy, if he did, you would you'd be dead. Yeah, yeah he would. Have you would not have a face anymore. He would have shattered all of your ribs into your lungs. Correct. Uh, so he defeats this guy. Unfortunately, while this duel, this private duel, is going on. Uh, a kid... Fucking shitty Newsies kid. Yeah. yeah, a shitty Newsies kid who is clearly 30 years old. Yes. Gets his kite stuck up in a tree right outside of Ip Man's window, and he sees the whole thing. And after the fight's over, he goes back to the restaurant he works at and blabs about it to everybody. Yeah, the the uh, the losing master says to Ip Man, like, Hey, that was such a good spar. I'm, I'm so glad. I, I feel like I learned a lot, but... uh <laughs> maybe maybe we keep this between us. Yeah. Yes, please don't tell anybody. Uh, you know, no one will want to train with me if they know I got beaten up by just a guy who, like, nobody, you know, who doesn't run a school. Yes, he's, he's understood to be a great martial artist, but he does not teach. Right. He's also, like, the richest guy in town who lives in the nicest house. Right. Presumably because... At one point years ago, he beat the shit out of everybody in town and took that house. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, the point is made later in the movie that he does not have a job. Yes. yes. So it is, it's clear that he's going by, like, JRPG rules, where every time he gets into a fight, he just gets some money afterwards. Right, right. right. He just pockets it. I, uh, there's a fight that will happen later where uh, his wife tells him not to break any of her things. Right. So I wonder if it's her money. Ooh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Maybe she comes from like a rich family. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Well, Ip Man's, is that his brother or his like brother-in-law that is like the businessman that ends up opening the... I believe it's supposed the... to be his actual brother. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Ip Man, the next day at this restaurant has a, a business luncheon with his brother who's like, hey, I'm gonna start a factory uh, for cotton. I just need a little bit of money up front to help me out. Uh, and Nipman's like, dude, I'm not good at business. And he's like, no, it's okay. Meanwhile, Blabby McBlabbermouth is out front telling anybody who will listen that this other master got his ass beat by Ip Man. <coughs> Which yeah, unfortunately gets back to the other master. <laughs> well, because shitty Newsies kid is like starting to exaggerate this into a tall tale of oh, just yeah. like, oh man, there were bruises all over and he kept coming at him and the master came at him like a hungry dog and Ip Man just barely even moved and he got him out of the way. And he, uh, yeah, he's like... Like a kid trying to tell you the first time he does a Mortal Kombat fatality. Right. And yeah. you, like you don't believe him, so he keeps like escalating the story. So shitty Newsy's brother, who was a student of this particular master, runs to the master's dojo and he's like, hey, uh, is it true that you just got your ass beat by Ip Man? And he's like, what? No. He spits out his tea. How dare you? We will <laughs> rectify this forthwith. And he leads like a cadre of his students across town to this restaurant to get satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, specifically he's going there to get Shitty Newsy's kid to just stop telling the story. Right. Uh, and he gets there and Shitty Newsy's kid is like, you think you're so big and tough? Ip Man is right over in that room. Why don't you go fight him right now? And the master is just like, for the rest of this scene, oh, I'm in way over my head. Oh, I don't really like... Like, he's given... He uh, eventually confronts Ip Man, and he's just like, Ah, we never had a duel, right? Wink, wink. And Ip Man is trying to play along. with just like, 
Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Wink, wink. Like, clearly both men are trying to save face. Yeah. But shitty Newsies kid is just like, bullshit, I saw <laughs> it, I was getting it. It's like, shut the fuck up, kid. Yo, the man. kid, when the, that when shitty Newsies approach, he gets like chased up the stairs by this angry mob, and he goes to Ip Man's room, and he goes, Master Ip, Master Ip, I have been wrong. <laughs> yeah. Tell everybody how you beat this guy's ass. Yeah, because this guy's saying that I lied, but I told the truth. Yeah, and so uh, uh, it appears that a situation might go down until, thankfully, the police show up. <laughs> and by the police, we mean the single police. Yes, yeah, so one cop shows up, uh, and he's just like, all right, guys, you're all starting trouble. Like, nobody cares about kung fu. They care about the gun. And he pulls a gun out the and sticks it. The gun is good. Directly into Ip Man's face. Yes. Where Ip Man, uh, you know, like most people, doesn't like having a gun put in his face. Yeah. So he immediately jams his thumb into place of the trigger to stop it from being able to be pulled. And then with the power of just two fingers, punches out the chamber, the revolver chamber, yeah. and spills bullets all over the place. The cop is full abrogasted. Yeah, quite. <laughs> Uh, I mean, here's the thing. It's what, 1935? 1935. You are lucky if your gun doesn't just come pre-jammed. That's right. true. The yes. idea of firing more than one bullet without having to spend six minutes reloading another bullet is like magic. <laughs> so he, uh, the cops, uh, then Ip Man is very nice and slowly begins picking up the bullets for the guy and gives them back to him. Uh, the cops disperse everything and Ip Man and the other master have like a a brief sign of like, look, I got you. Everything's okay. We're going to keep it quiet. Then a gang of kung fu hooligans roll into oh, town. Oh, buddy. Kung fooligans. Yes. They're called. <laughs> the kung fooligans roll up uh, to Martial Arts mm. Street where all, again, the, all the students are out there having their daily martial arts Well, they grab fair. the first passerby that they can get by the lapels and just, where's Martial Arts Street? And this man who is clearly like a banker. Just yeah. keep going. Like, they're all martial arts streets, dude. I don't know what to tell you. So he rolls up and he goes, we're from out of town. We've come here uh, for a friendly challenge. And he like walks up to the first school and he's like, challenge or duel? And he's like, whatever you say. And he's like, all right. And this dude, uh, the out-of-towner guy, uh, immediately just whomps the shit out of this master. Oh, yeah, just, barehanded. And, like, it's all, like, big, brutal, like, overhand haymaker-like shit. And then he, he goes to the next class of guys, and he's like, where's your master? And their master's like, here! And he's got, like, one of them big, like, spears with a, like, a... Yeah, yeah. I think in Japanese it's a naganata, but I don't know what the actual Chinese weapon is called. Sure, but yeah. But it's that big, long spear with the huge blade on it's it. It's all kind of wobbly. Yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a Chinese halberd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like how the out-of-towners think that they're playing by Pokemon rules, where they just gotta go to each gym master yep. so that they can be <laughs> yeah. the best. Well, it's like Mega Man. You gotta you beat one master, you steal his power. Well, they don't seem to. to the next they one. don't seem to steal power from anyone. They just seem to like win that that school. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. that's the power that they're stealing. Oh, I get it. Yeah, the I power they're stealing is political influence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that guy went from master of a dojo school to franchisee. Ooh. <laughs> Franchiser. Franchiser, yeah. Uh, so he... Uh, this, the, it is 
profoundly unclear why they're doing this at this point. Yeah, they by have the way. not announced. Oh anything. no, they don't tell us at all. So until this guy, later, yeah. this guy pulls out the thickest goddamn sword I've ever seen. Yes, it looks like a, a cloud sword from Final Fantasy VIII, but not quite as long. Oh, uh, seven. We're gonna get letters. Oh, you're right. If I'm we sorry. had any listeners, you're right. You're right. Sorry, seven. Whatever. I got the guy's name right, didn't I? That's true. Partial Good. credit. Good enough. <laughs> Fucking nerds. Uh, so <laughs> they have a pretty good. They have a pretty great fight here with the yes. sword and the spear. Like lots of great, as you mentioned on the show, foley work with. Yeah, this movie has some dy- especially in this opening sort of uh, uh, tutorial sequence of the movie. It has a lot of great foley work, a lot of whooshes and punch sounds, and yeah, like it's dynamite shit. Good stuff. Um, but again, the outer towner just fucking rocks this guy eventually. And it's clear that they're fighting like rougher than is what co- what is called for for a friendly duel. Yes, you yeah, know? sure. So then they go over to the next school, and they're like, "Our master's not here." And then mm-hmm. the next thing we know, they're sitting there like eating like ramen, like yeah. eating like yeah, noodles. They go to the noodles every yeah. And, and they're just like, this place sucks. Everyone told us Foshan was the, the hub of martial arts, and this place sucks. How are we ever supposed to, like, prove ourselves here against these idiots? And then someone with a big mouth is just like, you think you those guys are good. You gotta be it, man. Yeah. Well, and at this point, the, the uh, Kung Fooligans are just like, man, we're gonna make so much money. With a, how when again? They, like what? Their cool school. That's what they finally arrive at. Yeah. But this whole time they're talking about how rich they're going to be, and it's just like by getting everyone's lunch money. Like, what do you do? Yes. By, well, I mean, that's your seed money. Yeah, it's just we're going to be the quarterbacks of this town, and we're going to hold all the nerds and give them swirlies until we get rich somehow. If this movie came out in 1987, they would all be wearing Letterman jackets. Yeah, yeah. true. Like even if it was based in 1935, they'd all be wearing similar. Letterman jackets. <laughs> Yeah, and have headbands and shit. <laughs> but yeah, it, it becomes clear that they are planning on opening up their own kung fu school. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the house of Ip Man so that they can beat the final boss. Uh, they say, Ip Man, we're here to fight you so that we can open up the best kung fu school this place has ever seen. To which Ip Man replies, location, 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 my friend. <laughs> yes. He really does. He says, you don't need to fight me. You like, just need a good location. Which is a super valid point. Yeah, and like <laughs> at this point, uh, we should point out, there's a couple scenes leading up to this with Ip Man and his family where he uh, he clearly uh, is the workaholic dad and husband who spends too much time at work, but work is just practicing kung fu. Yeah. Work is not practicing kung fu. Work is people coming up to you saying, I want to fight you, Ip yes. Man. <laughs> And then uh, you go out into the yard and kick their yeah. asses. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, he's had a discussion with his wife where uh, he's like, I'm going to be more attentive and more loving towards you and our son. His son keeps drawing just the shittiest cool of shitty boy. pictures. That the, kid better get better at math. I mean, that, kid, that kid doesn't need to be good with math or art because he has the coolest goddamn tricycle I've ever seen. That he does. It is a yeah. horse. Uh, head with like the tricycle wheels and the chair is an actual chair. It's like a kitchen chair. Yep. yep. And then later on, he's got another one that's just a just straight a up boat. boat. It's just a yeah. boat on wheels. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, because here's the thing. His dad can beat up your dad by playground rules. All his toys are yours. That's true. Uh, so anyways, the outsider is like, I'm not leaving until, you know, you fight me. And then Ip Man's wife is just like, 
look, she turns to Ip Man. She's sick of him, like, denigrating everybody. And she's like, fucking just fight him. Don't break any of my shit. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, all right. So, like, they get into it. They get into the fight. And and, and this guy's just, like, all offense. And Ip Man's just, again, all casually defense, yeah. defense until the guy breaks a vase. Yeah. And then immediately goes, oh, pay, oh, pay, oh, pay. <laughs> And then, like, they fight a little bit more, and then he smashes their dining room table. He's like, oh, pay. <laughs> well, the thing about this particular villain is, like, this guy is a clown. Yes. <laughs> like, the, the actor is clowning a well, bad guy. Until later in the movie where he very much isn't. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, this first 20, 30 minutes of the movie is a borderline comedy. Yeah, it's definitely. Like a, it's, like, it's like a Jackie Chan movie. Like, there's a lot of... A lot of Donnie Yen's martial arts are meant to, like, like subtly humiliate his opponent yeah. with, like, goofs as opposed to, like, hurt them. This actual fight gets interrupted by Donnie Yen's kid riding in on the tricycle, like, ringing his little ting-tong yeah. and being like, Mom says if you guys fight, you're going to break everything. And it and like yeah. takes his sweet ass time <laughs> running a lap yeah. around the room. <laughs> yeah, what I like about these early fights uh, specifically is that a lot of martial arts and kung fu movies they escalate to prop use very very quickly. Yes, and so far this is aside from a couple of like weapon based fights, it has been all just straight melee combat. There right. haven't yeah. been like like as much as I dearly love Jackie Chan, he does kind of get into the like fan dance really quick. Yeah, yeah, he gets into the the shtick real fast. Yeah. Whereas here it takes about like 3 quarters of the way through the fight when the out of towner guy finally pulls his big thick sword out and uh it man is like, "All right, well I'll use the first thing that comes to mind here, this feather duster." Yeah, he's yeah. got a feather duster on a rattan stick. <laughs> and immediately like stuffs that guy's mouth full of feathers. Yep. yep. And smacks his bottom. Yeah, he whips yeah, gives the him a shit out of him. Gives him a spanking. Yeah, yep. no, in that scene, I was definitely thinking about that guy in Singapore who, like, did some graffiti and got 20 yep. lashes. Yeah. Yeah, immortalized in that Weird Al video. That Weird Al song, <laughs> yeah. Correct. Man, Weird Al, just the, the troubadour of our time. Oh, definitely. He covered everything, man. Yeah. That guy in Singapore, what got caned? Uh, <laughs> that guy, what got his wiener cut off? Yeah, same song. Yeah. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots one where you just mumble. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah, same yeah, yeah. song. <laughs> this is all the song Headline News. Yeah. Yep. Great song. Um, Man, I'd be way more into the news if Weird Al sang it to me. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, again, I just like the his song, uh, Your Horoscope for Today. Oh, I'd care yeah, a lot great. more about my horoscope if Weird Al sang it to me <laughs> in a jaunty ska tune. Yeah. yeah. It's great. You need to work on having. Uh, you need to work on fixing your low self-esteem. You, you stupid, stupid jerk. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember once in high school when that album had come out. I memorized the whole thing and what they were, and I would ask people what their sign was, and then and they give them their horoscope. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. What, what album was, was that? Was that on uh, Little Hat? It's Poodle Hat or Running with Scissors. It's one I of think the it's two. Running with Scissors because yeah. that's the one that's got uh, Saga Begins, The Phantom Menace. Yes. That one's got like yeah. everything on it. Yeah. Running so that's with Scissors running is with like scissors, nothing yeah. but hits. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Solid work, Mr. Yankovic. Yeah, right. we know fucking rules. Yeah. If, he, if he comes, I, I know he's coming to town. Yeah, he's doing another his... tour of his uh, self-indulgence tour I know. where he's just playing original work. I, uh... I might try and buy tickets to that. You should. I, I saw him uh, like way back when I was in high school play like a really, really small room. Uh, it was like a small amphitheater inside of an amusement park. And yeah, he fucking blew the doors off. Of it. it was great. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, there is, by the way, if you are a Weird Al fan, on his uh, ridiculously self-indulgent tour where he plays like all like B-sides and non-parodies, just like original songs, he always ends with like a cover song uh, of just whatever song. And it was a different cover song every night. And a bunch of those are on YouTube in fairly high quality. Oh, so you sure. can see like Weird Al doing like... Butts Creek Bop or like nice. uh, what was it like uh, I think uh, Runaway by Tom Petty nice. like all sorts of shit yeah. School's well, Out for Summer like yeah. legit like and like his band rules his band is awesome he's been playing with that band since at least the 90s and you they know, know how yeah. to play everyone else's best songs That's they're true. like yeah. the, they're the the bishop <laughs> yeah yeah. they are they are the red mage class right. of music yeah yeah uh, so, anyways, eventually uh, uh, Donnie Yen defeats Out of Towner, yeah. shames him in a way that this guy's just like they have to like leave town. It's a winner. It's a loser leaves town match. <laughs> they gotta leave town. And like him and his cronies are like forced out of town, and yeah. everyone's just like, "Well, the cops so- are keeping the crowd out because they want to see the fight." Uh, and then when Out of Towners leave, and it's like. What happened? Did you win? And the cop is like, look how sad he is. He didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't help his case that he's got a huge stick mark right on his cheek. Yeah. (laughs) So the next day, Ip Man and his wife and his kid are out shopping, and everyone's just giving him free stuff. Exactly. Defending the honor of Foshan. Yeah, yeah. He saved up all of his XP, and now he gets to trade it in for cool weapons and armor. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they give him, like, extra food. Someone gives him a vase. They give him flowers, fruit for his kid. Oh, yeah. The whole deal. Everything is going... Everything is thumbs up for it, man. Hey, he's Ooh. the fans. And but then, then we look then, up, the, the clouds go dark. Yeah. <laughs> we jump two years into the future, and the Japanese are occupying. Yeah, the Sino-Japanese... The second Sino-Japanese war yeah. has uh, occurred. Is in full swing. Yeah, and, just, uh, yeah it's... Um, we don't know a whole lot about the politics and the cultural wounds that this has left on both sides. Not to like Dan Harlow about it, but like there is nothing glorious about war, and uh, both, you know, uh, sets of human beings suffered immeasurably. But uh, this movie really wants you to think about one particular side in this conflict. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the side with John Wayne. I mean, Danny Yen on it. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing: like, yes, the occupying army did nothing but war crimes. Oh, yeah. Yes. But again, it is just there there is a weird discomfort about watching another nation's propaganda. Yeah, yeah. watching another nation dehumanize a, a different group of people. <laughs> uh, I think it's because that political relationship between China and Japan is still so deeply fraught and a lot sure. of it is traced back to this and like previous incursions into Chinese territory that Japan had been doing. I like, what was it like a couple years ago where the prime minister of Japan had prayed at a shrine that was dedicated to like the war dead on the Japanese side of world war two. And that sparked international outcry. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of this stuff. I think the, the difference between like seeing an American movie where like, Oh no, the Germans have invaded this peaceful European city is that we're like, pretty cool with the Germans now. You know, like we've separated the Nazi from the German in a way that doesn't quite feel as possible with the Imperial Japanese from the Japanese people. You know, to be fair, if uh, Angela Merkel prayed at the Nazi war dead shrine, we'd probably all be pretty upset about it. (laughs) Again, I mean like, yeah, I think, I'm trying to think if Japan ever officially apologized for the comfort women. I think that's still a big, raw political situation. Don't know if they did or not. 
there was some buzz of some uh, pressures for the uh, last prime minister to actually like make some kind of restitution, mm. and I don't remember where that ended up. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't yeah, think I mean, let's just let's let's not linger too much on this. <laughs> sure. Except to say that like. Everybody involved in that period of time, in that period of war, <laughs> did some hideous, disgusting no. things. Well, I think it's just, again, it's it's odd to see because, like, this movie treats the Imperial Japanese no differently than an American movie treats Nazis. Oh, yes. definitely. But, like, again, just seeing it from the outside of two other nations, and it's just, it, yeah, they're just like, ooh. I would almost argue that they are friendlier to the Japanese than we are in, especially our period pieces around that immediate post-war time. Sure, to yeah, the Nazis. yeah, that's, that's um, very true. Right. Because yeah. there's definitely a sense that uh, the bad guy is evil, but he also possesses, like, some... He's got a code. Of honor. Yeah. yeah, the the main like the head like boss bad guy. Yes, has like a shred like a modicum of honor, but it's well, all there is wrapped an idea up. Of just like I will not cross these lines because I need to prove the inherent superiority of our nation. Right, yes. it's that asshole chivalric knight honor. Yeah, yeah, and his well, like his wrapped- second in command uh, is wearing thin wireframe glasses, and as we all know. If there's someone who is fighting for the Axis powers and they're wearing thin wireframe glasses, they are no good. That's right. Correct. They have zero redeeming quality. You just know you're going to have to wait to see their faces melt off. (laughs) So, uh, uh, yes, this war has taken hold in Japan. Uh, It's uh, Obviously, it's bad for the city of Foshan. Almost all of their factories shut down. They talk about how it was a population of 300,000 that is now reduced to about 70,000 because of displacement, hunger, and just murder. Yeah. Right. So now the place is like, you know, there's Japanese flags all over it, like barbed wire all over the place. And Ip Man lost his cool house. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to live in some, like, shanty. Ip Man's house has been taken from him and uh, is now the headquarters of the occupying occupying force. Uh, and yeah, now Hitman and his family are like homeless. They're living like in a burnt out like what used to be a shack or maybe is an alley. I Something can't like tell. That, yeah. Yeah. And they're pawning any remaining possessions they have for food. For yeah. rice, yeah. And uh, the color saturation has gone from like bright primary like blues and uh, yellows to like Saving Private Ryan. Yes, yes. We are full on grays and gray grays. <laughs> yep. Also, there's some dark gray grays. Ooh, but it makes that olive drab really pop. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so things are looking real bad for for it man and his family. Um, but they're making do. They're doing okay. It man is uh, he pawns his uh, watch for the last like tiny little bit of rice. Yeah, and um, he is still very like well, uh, well regarded. Very yes, well regarded, the yeah. the guy who's giving out the rice rations in exchange for the items that people are pawning off is just like, I'm sorry, this is all I can give you. Like maybe come back tomorrow, I'll see if I can get you any more kind of yeah. thing. Like yeah. he is still able to live. On the the good graces of the people around him. Right. Because all those years ago, he fought for the honor of of Foshan. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, things aren't aren't great. There's no work to be found. Um, He tries to go, he tries to like pound the pavement looking for a job. Yeah, his his wife gets sick. 
Yes. Uh, and he uses the last of his rice to make uh, what kanji? kanji. Yeah, yeah, kanji. Which is basically like a really like super uh, condensed like rice porridge, essentially. Yeah, yeah like a rice pudding. Uh, so it would have taken a lot of rice to make. Uh, yes. And that was like the last of their ration. Yeah. Uh, so he goes and pounds the pavement looking for a job. He uh, he finally ends up in a Home Depot parking lot yeah. in a crowd of guys <laughs> trying to get on the back of a truck. Uh, and he's recognized by the guy looking to give out jobs. He's like, "Oh shit, it man, come on up, man! Yeah, I got a job for yeah, you." No and problem. that job is like shoveling and separating coal. Yes. Uh, and while he's there, he runs into his old buddy. Uh, Lynn. Lynn, who was... Uh, Who's the owner of the restaurant where all of that, like, yeah. you lied to me shit went he's down. The, he's the brother of shitty Newsy. And he's, he's been showing up in the beginning for lots of little comedy Yeah, things. yeah. So they kind of have their uh, their little, like, re-meeting and yeah. you know, catching up with each other. And then over a lunch of a big-ass yam. Yeah, you get a yam. A big-ass yam. I mean, it's yeah. a so big. Yam. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese show up. And they're like, all right, we need... Like, like, they don't say that. Fucking cop. That's yeah, right. the cop Fucking is now an interpreter. Cop. Yeah, the cop shows up, and now he's acting as an interpreter for the Japanese. And he's like, here's the deal. Uh, the Japanese general in town is a, a big martial arts freak. So he wants to... Uh, uh, he pit. wants to fight you. Yeah, he wants to pit uh, Chinese martial arts versus Japanese martial arts. And anybody who wins uh, gets a bag of rice. And immediately, like, four guys, like, sign up, including Lin. Uh, and meanwhile, Lin also lost his uh, little tin box. And he's really upset about it. Yeah, John, you were very upset that they didn't immediately pay off the tin box. Well, because here's the thing. He gets up and he says, oh, my box. I lost my box. And Hitman was like, I'll help you look. And then the Japanese show up and it is never mentioned. Like, it's... Even the idea of, like, we can look for it later is not brought no. up. Right. It feels like the movie just moves away from it so quickly. And, yeah, I was really upset that we weren't getting closure on the box. On a tin box. No. Anyway. Ooh, it could have been a lament configuration. We could have had Hellraisers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they uh, take these uh, people over to... Uh, is it Ip Man's old house? I don't think so, it, because I don't remember Ip Man having a space like that in his but house. But see, I disagree, because we don't see a whole lot of his house. We do only see yeah. his pretty much dining room. And, like, he is taken to the general, That's and true. it is said that the general has confiscated Ip Man's house. Yeah, I assume they just emptied out all the shit that was in the main room. And built and, a dojo. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, so, yeah, so they bring him in there, and again, it's the same thing, you know fight you win you get a bag of rice so like the first guy so lynn like wins his fight and he's got his big bag of rice um and then he's like let me he's like i want to fight three guys right and they're like okay no problem let him fight um and so and he loses this fight yeah he loses uh badly yeah um Wait, is has, did no, Lynn, Lynn's Lynn has yeah, a we're jumping one because yeah. uh, first you get Lynn, the guy with the ten box. Yes. He goes. Uh, there's a fight there, and we watch. What's that guy's name? The other master from before. I think it's also like Lee or Lynn or something. Oh, it's Quan. Was it Quan's Quan? the brother? Right, right, right. I can't remember. Damn. The it's, other ma- it's the master yeah, who initially challenged. Yeah, the master who fought uh, Ip Man in his house in the very beginning. Yeah, he's now at the Japanese headquarters, kicking ass, bagging rice. Right, he's the one who asked to fight three. Yeah, guys. but he won't do it until until the next fight. 
Right. Because this one is, uh, the general wants to fight three guys. Yes. So the general wants to fight three guys, and he fights two randos and ten box guys. Right. And he basically kills them. Oh, yeah. He obliterates them. And two of them are like, give up, give up. But Lin Lin is like, Lin keeps getting up. Lin even says, when he gets called over, like, it's not about the rice. Yeah. Because the general says, I want to fight three guys. You'll get a bag of rice whether you win or lose. And yeah, Len is like, to me, it's not about the rice. Yeah, I'm here to murder you. So yeah. he gets put in a headlock, and uh, the general's like, "Will you? do you really want to die? And Len spits all of the blood that's in his mouth onto the general's face. And then the general kicks him in the chest so hard his heart stops. Yes, that's correct. Um, and he dead. So the next day, Ip Man shows up to work. And he's like, where's my buddy Lynn? Lynn? Where's not here. Uh, and he even finds the little tin box. And then fucking cop shows up and he's like, we need more guys to yeah, fight. Yeah, and Ip Man even asks uh, shitty cop, like, where's Lynn? I can't find him anywhere. He's like, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Maybe stop asking so many questions. Yeah. So Ip Man has an idea that something has gone wrong. So he volunteers to go. Yeah. And when he gets there... That's when we see the first master win the fight and then take on the three guys. It's because each of them decides to take on three guys that I thought we were talking about that first fight before. Right. Yeah. 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 This is what we've got. This is the second one. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. This is now the Chinese master who says, like, you fought three guys. I fight fight three guys. guys. Yeah. And he hangs in there for a little bit. But eventually gets kicked. No, he wins that fight. He fights the three guys and wins. No, and no, then... no. Because they kick him and he's like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. He's like, they kick, all three of them kick, kick him, him at, one time. at one time. And like he's bloodied and he's like, all right, I'm done. I'm just going to take my bag of rice and go. Because he'd already won a fight beforehand. And then he immediately gets shot in the head by Sato, uh, the Our... evil general's shitty wireframe glasses sidekick. And the, the general's like... The fuck are you doing? Yeah, I yeah. didn't order you to do that. And he's like, he was going to take the rice even though he lost. It's like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, and no, at this point, the general puts his, uh, Sato's gun, his Sato's gun to Sato's throat. And he's like, never do that again. Yeah, we're not here to kill people. And this is one Which of the times. Which is patently false. Yes. Right, right. This is one of the times <laughs> well, we get this like. we're not here in this room to kill people. <laughs> yeah, right. Gentlemen, you can't fight here. It's a war room. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ip Man, like, finally realizes, like, oh, okay. Fuck well, this, this is what's this, up. Yeah, this yeah. pisses off Ip Man. And oh, this yeah. is the first time that we have seen Ip Man say, I want to fight. Yes. yes. And this is also the first time we see Ip Man mad. Yeah. Every, He's hulking. All yeah. of his fights up until now are, like, like, again, they've been, like... He's having fun, or at the very least, showing like very little like casual emotion. Yeah. Right. But this is like he's pissed, and he yeah. walks into the and like a uh, cop tries to stop him. He's like, "Dude, don't, don't do, do this. It. Don't do it. It's gonna be bad." And he's like, "No, fuck you. Open the gate. I'm coming in." Yeah. And he walks right up, and he goes, "Give me ten guys." <laughs> and like, there's a little exchange between the interpreter and the general, but eventually, he's like, "Give him ten guys." And he calls Let units. Fight. Yeah, he calls units one, three, and five. Odds that, up. <laughs> that equals ten, apparently. Yeah, yeah uh, they're working with fractions. It's a very complicated system. Uh, and uh, the battle begins, and Ip Man wastes these dudes. Oh man, so much wasted. Well, and because all of the moves that he was demonstrating beforehand, that were essentially like shadow boxing, he is actually making contact this time. Yes. Oh yeah, and he's not like saying "Hey" about your arm. He's fucking breaking it. Yeah, yeah, there's a guy, he fucking kicks, like, in the sh- the chest, 
pushes him down while holding onto his leg and just dislocates his femur from the thigh. Oh, yeah. And it's then there's brutal. a guy who's holding his arm and rolls over him and breaks his arm in half. Yeah, oh. he does this thing where he fights a guy and he does like these rapid punches just like and he punches him as he's falling down, down like a yeah. hundred times. It's like in uh, Looney Tunes cartoons where like Elmer Fudd gets hit by like a floppy like telephone pole or something yes. and each hit like drives him further into yeah. the ground. Yeah. Pounded. So yeah, Ip Man fucking wastes these guys, no problem. And then someone throws in ten bags of rice, and he goes, fuck you, walks out, grabs the bloody bag of rice that was the other master's, and his potato that he took out of his pocket, yeah, it's half a potato. and fucks right off. And, and the general's like, get that guy again, I need to see that guy fight more. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that guy fight some more, Bring but that Ip Man's guy like, nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah, uh, smash cut to probably the cruelest thing Ip Men will ever do, which is giving the bloodied bag of rice yeah. to a recently widowed woman and her son. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> hey, your husband and dad are dead, but don't worry, this is mostly his blood, and I guess some of the rice is good if you wash it. It could still be good, yeah. yeah. Though I guess that's better, he's doing that as a service because he knows like the cop's not going to tell anybody. Right. But here's the thing, he was given a clean bag of rice. He could have brought one of the clean bags of rice. <laughs> no, man, he had to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The widow would have been like, fuck you, I want to see blood. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it. I need proof. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ip Man uh, goes back uh, and now he meets up with his old brother-in-law at the cotton factory. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm back. I'm restarting the factory. I still don't have money to pay you back, but like, we're going to work on it and you got a stake here at 10%. Like, this is going to work out. And he's like, well, cool, man. They, everything's coming up at man now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope no bandits come in to disrupt this very precarious business that we've got going on. And who should show up? But oh, the, shit, is it bandits? It's it the is, Kung Fooligans. Oh, no. Who've now become bandits. And their ranks have exploded and now include Shitty Newsy Kid. Oh, yeah. no. Shitty Newsy's now a Shitty Newsy bandit. So they end up showing up to the cotton factory and they're like well they hijack one of the cotton factory delivery trucks right yeah. they do a fucking Sopranos and then they turn that into their like their pirate, pirate ship. ship yeah their bandit pirate ship <laughs> they show up to the factory and they're like give me all your money and the guy's well, like they specifically say like we got your goods give us your money yeah. and he's like I don't have any money I haven't sold anything right you just stole it on yeah. the way to be sold. And he's like, well, fuck you. Give me money. Yeah, and he just starts beating the crap out of him. Yeah. Uh, his kid, who Ip Man previously promised he would train, tries to intervene and just gets fucking creamed. Yeah. yeah, and so the kid like runs off to Ip Man's like, hovel and is like, hey, you got to come back. You know, my fucking dad's getting... Hit man, we need you. We need you for one more mission. (laughs) Do we get to win this time? (laughs) So Hitman gets there just after the hooligans leave. They basically just like, look, I get it. You don't have the money now, but I'll give you a chance to earn it. We'll be back. And we're taking the truck with us. Right. Which, like, friend, you're not seeing the possibilities. You got the truck. Yeah. You can start. You sell those goods, buddy. But you can just leave. True. Yeah. True. Uh, so, uh, Ip Man shows up a little bit late. Uh, everyone's kind of back to work, just kind of pretending this didn't happen. Right. And I the- mean, here's the thing: if a fucking kung fu again came in and beat up my boss, 
I don't know. I'd pretend I didn't see nothing. <laughs> That's real awkward. Yeah, it's mm. true. Uh, uh, so, uh, especially if like uh, like employee surveys are coming up, <laughs> and the boss is like, "Is there any uh, feedback you have for me?" No, you're doing great. <laughs> See, I would be like, "Yeah, I want to raise, please." <laughs> and if he tried to push back, I'd just go huh, and like raise my fist and make it, like, <laughs> I, oh, "You flinched there, huh?" <laughs> I think by then I get to become the boss. Yeah. That's true. I guess I'm thinking of like my current job where my boss is pretty okay. I'm not thinking of all the shitty bosses I've had. <laughs> right. And to be fair, this boss seems to be a pretty cool dude. Yeah, he's probably fine. That's true. Yeah. Um, but it, he, he implores it, man. He's like, look, I know you don't like having students. I know you don't like teaching. But you're the only person who can keep us safe. Yeah. He says, in peacetime, you don't want to teach. That's fine. But this is this is in peacetime. Yeah. you got to help us out. So now there's like a big like... Uh, like training montage. Yeah, training Chun montage. Training montage where he teaches the whole factory the basics of Wing Chun and it's awesome it, it, there's, it injects a little bit of levity back into the movie because as people are working in the cotton factory they will surprise their co-workers by blasting a move yeah, in their right, face right. yeah well one of the guys uh, practices his kata while he's doing some accounting and gets ink all over his deskmate's face yeah, yeah deskmate not pleased no no, no. no. good form on that kata though buddy yeah, yeah. Uh, so they uh, they take care of all that then, of course, the... Uh, the goons, the, the kung fooligans yeah. return. Oh, meanwhile, uh, while that's going on, the general, like, keeps on, like, asking Bring the cop. Bring me Ip Man! Yeah, Ip and Man. he's just like, I don't know where he is. And he's like, well, how big is Foshan? And he's like, it's pretty big. It's big. It's big, man. He's like, fucking find him. <laughs> that's one of those ones where you're like, I understand that you come from an island, but, like, this is all of China. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the Kung Fooligans show back up and they're like, well, we want our money. And the, all the factory workers are just like, oh yeah, well, you're going to have to go through me and me and me. Yeah. And he's like, I'm Spartacus. Yeah. And he goes, okay. <laughs> so we get a big fight with all the workers when they're not doing great, but they're not doing poorly. They start off really well because they've got a little bit of an element of surprise where the, the uh, Kung Fooligans think that they're just going to trounce everyone and they're yes. like, oh shit, they're actually fighting back a little bit. But the tide immediately turns right. against yeah. their favor. It's Until. very clear that they've not sparred against real people. Yeah. yeah, they haven't had enough training. Yeah, and then like through the din, you see Ip Man just fucking his way up, like fucking up guys oh, through yeah. the crowd. Oh yeah, nailing dudes in the skull and the back of the spine and stuff. Yeah, and guys and he, are going down. He gets up to the out. Yeah, he's like fucking Sauron in the uh, in the like prologue of Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah. You don't see him; you just see the bodies flying. <laughs> And he rolls up to the front, and the guy's just like, oh, great, it's you again. You chased me out of town, and you you denied me the opportunity to open a martial arts school. Which, again, no, I gave you sound business advice. <laughs> and then this guy says, yeah, man, do you even know what it's like to be hungry? Yeah. In war-torn China? Uh, and it man is just like, all right, well, if I gotta whoop your ass, I gotta whoop your ass. Again. Again. What I love is uh, Brother of Lin, when he sees Ip Man coming, immediately just starts hiding behind yeah. another yeah, guy. Yeah, he's got to get the fuck out of there. So all of the remaining Kung Fooligans break out their double-bladed hatchets. Yes. And attack Ip Man. And Ip Man takes them all off. Oh, yeah, just fucks them all up. Yeah, fucks up the axe and gang. And it's important to note that in this fight against other Chinese people, he breaks no bones. Yep. He never takes an axe and cuts anybody. Nope. He just beats the shit out of people. Right. There's a lot of bruises, but oh, yeah. that's it. 
Most, mostly bruised egos. One or two concussions, yeah. but that's all. And then eventually it comes down to a fight between shitty Newsy and the out-of-town Kung Fuligan leader and and Donnie Yen. And Donnie Yen's it, man. Uh, for they, they all have weapons. So like the one guy's got an axe and then he's got his sword again. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, he's got that big rake thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got right. a long wooden stick with like a rake at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then... Donnie Yen just grabs like a 15-foot-long bamboo pole. Yeah, he's just got a long pole. Uh, and then proceeds to fuck both those guys up oh, yeah. again. Big time. Yeah, and there's a moment where Shitty Newsy is uh, being told like, kill him, we gotta kill him. And It Man is making eye contact just, no. Just shakes no. his head. Come on, Don't you know it. better. You <laughs> yeah. know better. And he's like, yeah, fuck you, whip man. I've fallen into a bad crowd. It's wartime. I'll fight you with an axe. This is who I am now. Yeah. You never understood my friends. So it man defeats them soundly. Handily the, dispatches. The, the, yeah, the Kung Fooligans drive off and uh, they run off or whatever. But uh, uh, shitty newsy boy like stays behind. And it man's like, listen, like your fucking brother. Your and he's brother like, looked for you and he couldn't find you anywhere. And he's like, don't talk about my brother. Look, I'm just giving you this fucking tin box, all Smack right? Smack the yeah. tin to the ground. Yeah, he's like, listen, your brother's dead. Did you know that? He's dead. And like, he well, he never... specifically says your brother was beaten to death by the Japanese. Yeah, yeah let him and know. you're fighting Chinese. Like, you came here to fight other Chinese. And shitty news, you guys. Like, I'd rather be a bully than the bullied. Yeah. He's like, fuck you. Take this tin can and get the fuck out of my sight and leaves. And he opens the tin can and it is the uh, uh, preserved his kite. kite that he got stuck at the whole time. And he starts like just like. Full ugly cry. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. just, like, snot pouring out his nose. All it's a good, place. ugly cry. Solid performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then... This is where, uh, fucking, they send the Japanese soldiers to just search for Ip Man. And yes. they come across his lovely hovel. Yeah, and uh, we we find out that the... Because uh, the, the cop shows up first. And he's like, look, like, we gotta get you out of here. It's not safe or whatever. Uh, you know, you can't go fight these guys. Look, we can get you to Hong Kong, though. We can smuggle you out of the province. We can get you south. Yeah. And yeah. then you hear his son going, bang, 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 because he's been playing, like, war the whole time yeah. with little sticks. And as he's backing up, we see Sato. We hear, well, we hear someone else saying, bang, 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 yeah. bang. And it's Sato holding his fucking gun in the kid's face. Yeah, his real, actual yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah. This bang. angers Ip Man a great deal. Oh, yes it does. And then Sato looks at Ip Man's wife and says, so pretty. And that's, Yeah, he's that's like, ooh, when, sex crime time for me. Yeah, and yeah. that's how you get killed. That's yeah, how starts, you get killed. He starts walking up the stairs to get to Ip Man's wife. Ip Man trips him, breaks his fucking face on the stairs, murders his two... Oh, yeah, murders both guards, no yeah. question. And, and like, fucks up Sato's leg. Like, Sato's in a limp with a cane for the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, cop, once Sato is down for the count, cop gets real pissed off because uh, It Man has been telling him, like, this whole time, like, how can you do this? How can you betray your country? Yeah, man? you're a traitor. And it's like, I'm not a traitor. I'm just a translator. I'm just trying to scrape by. And it's like, you're wearing a three-piece suit, friend. Right. Yeah. And, like, the vest is of a different material than the overcoat. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Come on. Well, at this point, the cop will finally, like, turn. And he's yeah, going to try to help pissed. them, Ip Man and his family, get into hiding. Yeah, and it's the cop who, once Sato is down, just starts kicking him yeah. in his fucking femur. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they uh, take off, and they end up hiding, like, in a room in... 
the cop's house. And it turns out that the cop has been, like, taking all of his money and, like, giving it to people he's, like, hiding out, like, his family and other people. Yeah, yeah. Schindler's listing it. Yeah. As he's best like, he can. Yeah, he's like... Uh, a, we uh, both made shells for the Nazis, but mine worked, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it all comes down to, like, now the army shows up at the factory. And they're like, they're going to just start taking people like indiscriminately until they find Ip Man. Yeah. yeah. And the cop like like shows up at Ip Man's house. He's the like, cop is like, whatever you do, don't go to the factory. And Ip Man's like, I'm going straight to the fucking factory, dude. Go to the factory. Yeah. Especially because he doesn't give him any further details. He just runs off. So like the factory could be on fire. The factory could be Planning a surprise party. Yeah, like attacked you, by sharks. If you just give him a little bit more information, like, the fucking Japanese general is there. Don't go there. Let's get you out of here. But he doesn't. Yeah, and so he goes, goes there. And he when he gets there... Uh, He's like, like, it's me. Leave him alone. Yeah, you leave everyone me. alone. You want me. We'll do this. And he tells, like, the owner... Like, of the factory, his brother, he's like, go find my wife and kid. Get him out of town. Just get him out of here. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this Tells is where his brother get them the fuck out of Foshan. Yeah. The Japanese general is talking uh, to Ip Man, and he just says, "Look, I, I respect your martial arts. Your kung fu is very powerful. I'll let you live if you teach it to my army." Which, like, kung fu is not going to be a major deciding factor in this conflict. Weirdly enough, they totally train in kung fu a ton, though. Yeah. The Japanese like, army. Yeah. I don't know. We're in the age of foxholes and trench warfare. It doesn't really really come up. Everything you're saying is going to lead up to you holding a pistol in a man's face and getting the entire chamber poked out with his fingers. (laughs) Here's the thing. They've already thought of that. They're using clips instead of chambers (laughs) now, buddy. Yeah, it's kind of how the Japanese had a little advantage there. Uh, So so Ip Man and the general have a little sit-down because uh, Ip Man says, no, I won't teach your army. My He's like, I'll fight you. Well, yeah, yeah. Ip Man, the, the, the Japanese guy says, you're going to teach us and then we'll let you live. And the translator tells that to Ip Man. And Ip Man's like, fuck you, I'll fight you. And then the translator's like, well, he says he'll think about it. Yeah. But first he'd like to yeah. fight you. He'd like a duel uh, as a show like of a, goodwill. Yeah, like yeah. a friendly a friendly tournament. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, so they set it all up, and there's, like, a pre-fight, like, pre fight, like, dinner. Like, the general shows up with, like, a huge plate of food for yeah. it, man. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, look, I, again... Well, and it's at this point that I think is really clever. Uh, the general starts speaking in... Chinese, Right. Yes. So he's known the language the whole time, so he knows the translator's bullshitting him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's like, look, like, this is going to be a good fight, but, like, you know, eat, your, eat up, right? Yeah. You're yeah. going to need your energy. And it man's like, nah, and pushes that shit away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is we have a little bit of a scene between the general and Sato where Sato's just like, You want me to shoot him, boss? I'll shoot him. <laughs> I'll, I'll shoot anyone. Yeah, and the general's like, What do you think I'm gonna lose? Yeah. Well the general's just like, he challenged me to a duel. I in public, I can't say no because then that is me conceding that he is better than I am. And like again, yeah, Sato's just like Ooh, but what if I shoot him before the duel? And he's just like, You stupid idiot. <laughs> You can't just shoot all your problems, Sato. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, meanwhile... Yeah, he's basically just like, Sato, just fucking 
cool it. Just let shut me up, Sato. Let me do my tournament. It's take, gonna be fine. Take a chill. Just sit down. Relax. Meanwhile, Sato will not take his hand away from his gun holster for the rest of the movie. Nope. No, he's on it. He uh, is eager to shoot someone. So then we get the big town square fight. They've built a, a, a fight match ring that's just a square. Yeah. A squared They've circle. They've set up a bunch of barricades so that the Chinese can watch but not get in. While this is happening, the uh, uh, the factory owner is taking Ip Man's wife and child out of the city in his truck. He's got them tied up in yep. the front of his truck. Yeah, and, and she's, she's like, raging out yeah. about how she needs to be able to be she's there. She's like, I need to go back. You, we have to go back. And he's like, fucking no. He told us not to go back. Right. Well, and this is their, the, the only chance they have to leave is during this tournament because right. all of the occupying forces are basically running security for yeah, this Yeah, everyone's right. gone to yeah. watch the big fight. Yeah. This is the only time that they can get out without having to, like, avoid checkpoints and they can just go on the main road right. to Hong Kong. Right. Which, so, like, buddy... Oh, in a couple of years, Hong Kong's not going to be doing too good nope. either. Hey, you'll get to evacuate from there, though. Will you? <laughs> I don't know if he does or not. We'll look that I up mean, later. not if you're Chinese. If you're British, yeah, you can evacuate whenever you need to. <laughs> Uh, so the fight begins uh, between the general uh, General Muria, Muria, yeah, yeah, and and Ip Man, and this is the first time I that do, like, there's a little bit of a good cultural flavor where Ip Man does uh, like a, essentially a Chinese martial arts bow where he puts hand and fist and bows, and uh, the Japanese general does more of a Japanese martial arts bow of like hands at the side, bend at the yeah. waist, yeah. And they, they announce it as, like, this is a cultural exchange of martial arts. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. sato has been cutting fucking promos left and right for this thing. Yeah. Uh, so the battle begins, and this is the first time that Ip Man is, like, truly tested. Yeah. Like, you see, like... Well, he's not a coward. He's just never been tested. He likes to think that if he would, he would pass. Right. He's never had to knock on wood, you see. Because mm. he doesn't know for sure, but he thinks it wouldn't be good. Get out of here. <laughs> Go home. Whatever. Everybody scum! I'll hold on to the fact that that guy's the good Dylan. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think he thinks Jacob Dylan was in that fucking band. Jacob Dylan was not in the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. He was oh, in The shit. Wallflower. Yeah, Correct. He sang The One Headlight the one Song. They can yeah, drive. He's not knocking home on wood. That's a Boston song. Yeah. I always associate that with Boston. And then don't worry, Tal Bachman, the son of Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive, Overdrive, had the She's So High song. Oh. Yeah, the 90s were. were Damn, were, I didn't know that was him. Yeah, man. The 90s were lousy with like second generation. Yeah, you had guys. Julian Lennon doing shit by that point. Yeah. I think Sean Lennon. Sean Lennon. I was, was going to say, doing too. Shit too. Julian Lennon was 80s. Sean, Sean Lennon was yeah. 90s. Yeah, yeah, Danny Harrison, late 90s, early 2000s. Hey, like, Danny Harrison, pretty all right. Yeah. Pretty good. He does Solid. a lot of stuff with Les Claypool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the thing, is, like, you can play support if you're, like, the son of a famous musician and come off looking pretty well. Yeah. It's, yeah, all the ones that made their own bands that were just like, fuck you. I mean, Julian Lennon's debut album uh, is really good. It's really, really good. Um, and his second album is really good too actually he's a really good musician yeah because he's, like, he surrounds himself with other really great collaborators sure. it's not he doesn't self-title his debut album well, right he also <laughs> Julian Lennon's other thing was that he didn't like he consciously didn't do his dad's music yeah he didn't do yeah. like 
rock music in yeah. the way that you would have coming out of the 70s right. into the 80s. Yeah, like, right. I mean, he sounds like his dad. Like, you can't yeah. help that genetically. But, like, his big hit, like, Too Late for Goodbyes, is like a peppy, like, new wave song. Yeah. It doesn't sound anything like John Lennon, and aside from the voice, obviously. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, uh, Danny Harrison will always have my respect for being the person to recruit Prince for the uh, fucking George Harrison tribute Man, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He looks so fucking happy during that song, though. He is beaming. Yeah. Danny Harrison is having an okay time for three-fourths of it. And then when Prince shows up to do his guitar solo, Danny Harrison goes, Oh! Yeah. For Tom, three straight minutes. Like, Tom Petty looks kind of irritated. <laughs> Tom Petty is like irritated at first because he's like fucking I played in a band with this guy yeah I was a traveling Wolverine like man. why is like why Prince Prince didn't do any of this shit and then halfway through Prince's guitar solo you catch Tom Petty and he's like fuck he got me good yeah. one good yeah. one Prince you did it but yeah just like man the the just the um the sheer amount of joy uh coming off that concert in what was like an incredibly emotional rough time. Yes. For all of those musicians on the stage. Absolutely. Yeah, fucking Prince, man. Fucking brings people together. Yeah. <laughs> pretty shitty towards women. I mean, pretty shitty to a lot of people. He was kind of an asshole. <laughs> well, he was kind of an asshole in like uh, like kind of an endearing way of just like not understanding that other people exist. Sure. But like he was real shitty to women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Congratulations, I like, John! You've discovered rock and roll. Oh yes, no, that's true. Being I re- really I, I like to women is like your opening band. That's true. <laughs> Table stakes. But yeah, no, I like the the uh, cultural uh, like mass improv scene that we have all generated to create the like societal prints. Yes, but like the actual human being deeply flawed and I'm very wise for noticing mm. yes good for you John also uh, fucking when Dove's Cry came on the radio at work and I like for a split second was like shit yeah this song fucking rules and I almost started to sing along to it until I remembered like dig if you will a picture of you and I engaged in a kiss uh-huh. and it gets way dirtier from there and it's like ooh yeah, yeah sweat of your body covers me yeah I'm just gonna nod along I think <laughs> this not, is fine yeah I mean it's not it's not fucking cream it's not cream it's not darling Nikki it's not pussy control no but it's it's pretty rough yeah oh yeah, yeah. um anyways so Ip Man and uh, General Maria finally have their big fight and uh it's a really good fight. Oh, it's fight. a great fight. And, and it's, it man's finally getting hit. Yeah. And pushed. It's, and it's brutal. Like, there's, like, blood. And, like, yeah. every blow feels like it's landing with, like, a ton of bricks. Right. And there's a lot of, like, great stuff. Like, uh, he almost gets thrown off the big square a couple of times. And at one point, he uses his leg to hook the general and hold on to him yeah. and pull himself back in. Uh, it's, yeah. It's really a great stuff. Dynamic, uh, amazing fight. And in the end, Ip Man is triumphant by... Punching the shit out of the general's oh, face, man, and up against like a metal pole that's like one of the posters of the uh, of the of the ring, and he just bounces his head off of the metal pole, and it rings like a bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The and general he, slumps down. To well, the, yeah. The last thing that Donnie Yen does is uh, extends his hand with like a jab that stops just short of his jugular, yeah. right, and then just lets him fall. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, yeah, and everyone starts cheering, it man. Yeah, it which, man. like, Jesus fucking Christ, what, like, 
Either Ip Man wins and you gotta fucking riot, or Ip Man loses and you gotta fucking riot. John, if Ip Man loses, all the Chinese were gonna go peacefully home. Not everyone is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. <laughs> I know this is totally contrary to your upbringing. Also, they didn't have D batteries back then yeah. to throw at the general. I'm pretty sure I saw some people bring a mattress and gasoline just in case they won. No, they also had to grease up all the poles in town to make sure nobody climbed them. (laughs) Actual thing that you had to do in Pittsburgh (laughs) if we had the Super Bowl, which six times we did. To be fair, all these... the poles. And here's the thing. All these things that we're saying... Sure, they might apply to Pittsburgh, but they really apply to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I want to make sure that the Eagles fans know that, yeah. that we're talking about you, Eagles fans. Oh, but here's let's the thing. not even talk about Phillies fans. They're just degenerates. Well, yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, though. The difference between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh is Philly doesn't have as many opportunities to celebrate. Oh! 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 Western Sing- Pennsylvania slam! Oh! <laughs> What I love so much about Pennsylvania sports is that you got Steelers and then you got Eagles, and in the middle, you got Eagles. <laughs> like, basically, the whole state is Eagles except for an enclave of Pittsburgh. Because <laughs> I think Pittsburgh also, like, the Steelers also kind of move a little bit into Ohio. They go a little bit into Ohio and a little bit into, like, West Virginia has some, right. like, Yeah, some Steelers some fans because it's coming down. Too. Yeah, until yeah. you get to, like, Cleveland and then it's Browns, baby. Yeah. Browns, baby. Yeah. And then I guess Cincinnati. Meh. Yeah, whoever. Oh, they got yeah, a that, shitty chili that you put on spaghetti. Bunch true. of bullshit. True. We hand wave away the team that went to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Anyone. <laughs> first time from like ever. And they still lost. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Anyone can just go to the Super Bowl. I've been to the Super Bowl twice. Well, yeah. you haven't. Have to. Lost both times. That's why you don't remember. Wait. Oh. <laughs> Your team went. No. No. He. Me. Went. Personally. Oh. On Madden 2003. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Who's on the cover that year? Oof. Was that a Randy Moss year? Mm, maybe. I think Marshall yeah. Falk? I'm pretty sure Ooh, that maybe. that year, because I've worked at GameStop, so I know a little bit about the Madden covers, because they were always a big deal when they would get revealed. That's when we would start taking our like reservations on it. I think for that year, it was a handwritten note threatening to move your team to California. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate that year. Yeah, oh. yeah it, was, it was a rough year. Yeah. But like the Madden curse kicked in, and that note did not go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. That note got pulled over for a DUI in the middle of the season. <laughs> <and> couldn't play. <laughs> Uh, so Ip Man stands triumphant. Everyone cheers his name. Shouting Ip Man. And then two shots ring out. And Ip Man takes two to the shoulder and drops off of the uh, uh, thing. Off of the platform, which is a good like seven, eight foot drop. Yeah. And we see Sato with his gun smoking. Yeah. Couldn't hold himself. Buddy, he ain't never met a problem he couldn't shoot twice. In an, in an act of great redemption, the cop. Takes the gun in Sato's hands and points it back into his throat, just as General Mira had done earlier in the movie, and blows his fucking brains out. Yes. What I love is that the occupying Japanese forces also understand that Sato's a shithead. They don't start opening fire on the crowd. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, no, fair. That dude sucks. Yeah, they try to hold them back just to, like, you know... They'll, like, hit him with the butt of their rifles, but, like... I. Any other military officer gets shot, and like that crowd is getting dis. 
first. Yeah. yeah. But Sato was probably beating his own guys with a stick. Oh, yeah, I was going to say fucking... Stuff. Like, everybody's fine with Sato getting shot. Nobody uh, likes Sato. Also, at some point during the fight, uh, Mrs. Ip Man and the kid showed back up. Kwan get they back, came yeah. back. Uh, so they fight through, uh, just like Adrian at the end of Rocky, to get to his body and cradle it. Uh, just like giant pool of blood. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, like, it literally splashes blood. when they, like, step in it. Yeah. And then it just gives us, like, subtitles, and it's like... Uh, yeah, they make a little epilogue. It's just like Ip Man. Ip Man got out his, of the province. Yeah, it's like Ip Man used his fists to fight for Chinese freedom. His, uh, the his brother and wife and all them went to Hong Kong. They lived there, and then until in like 1967, he opened a well, wing you're, chun. You're missing the most important thing, which is they they finally have the date come up of uh, August 1945. China wins the war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says nineteen forty-five. Emperor Hirohito surrenders. Yeah. Surrenders unconditionally. China wins the, the war. war. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, you're here's... welcome, boys. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. In fairness to China, they did a lot more fighting than we did. Oh yeah, tons yeah. more. Tons yeah, you more. guys, you guys can claim that one. That's fine if you want it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, then you know he opens his Wing Chun like athletic association in the '60s, which he is like a dream Bruce of Lee. his. And they trains Bruce Lee, and then credits. Yeah. And that is the end of Ip Man. Will Ip Man return in three more movies? He will. One time he goes to San Francisco. One time he shrunks the kids. And one, one time he plays Punch Out with oh, Mike Tyson. Shit. Anyways, that's gonna do it for Ip Man, and we'll be right back with bullet points. Pew pew. Wind slash sound. Bullet points! And our very first bullet point is body count? Oof. Body counts. So mm. we've got the entire Japanese invasion <laughs> of China. Yeah, in I mean, this technically, movie. the 230,000 people that die in Foshan, that's like your Correct. baseline. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you got to start with 230,000 and then count up from there. All right, John, what is the body uh, count of Ip Man? Ooh, uh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, 20,701. Yeah, okay. that works out. Yeah, I'm going to go with the 230,007. Okay. I guess the closest without going over... John, you win. Hey, <laughs> there were uh, putting aside the two hundred thirty thousand people who died. There were four, 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 four deaths, four on-screen right. fatalities. And so yeah. it's it's Lin, the other master, Sato, and the general. Uh yeah. That, I, I don't so. think the general died. You don't think the no, general no, no, dies? no, no, no. Okay. I think he's still alive, just like barely breathing. Yeah, he's he just barely out. breathing. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. he's just concussed. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to move on to our next bullet point. Ba- oh, best kill. <laughs> best kill. Best kill. Well, I guess it doesn't... Oh, do I don't get to go first. Uh, Patrick was... <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't kill. necessarily count as a kill given the body count, but I'm a huge fan of uh, when the soldiers find Ip Man and his wife living in the alley, and Ip Man throws one of them against the wall and just buries a fist right in his throat. Yeah. Which absolutely killed that guy. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> I don't care what 100%. the movie says. Yeah, he is dead. Yep. John, best kill. I really like when he's fighting the Ten uh, in the midpoint of the movie where he just does that like jackhammer pummel in the mm-hmm. face as yeah. the guy's going down. Uh, and I like how 
The guy, I think, at one point tries to block, and Ip Man just grabs his hand between his thighs and keeps pummeling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, best kill. <clears throat> uh, I am going to go with um, Sato getting his. Oh, yeah. Uh, only because that guy's such a piece of fucking shit. Well, and it's irony, you see, because he couldn't stop shooting people, but he <laughs> himself gets shot. With his own gun. My <laughs> God. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's always yeah, Rod Serling see. comes up, yeah. <laughs> for your smoking that cigarette. Just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's gonna take us. Normally, in this case, we would do war crimes. <laughs> I will not open that can yeah, of worms. Let's, not do let's it. just say all of World War Two. Yeah, one hundred percent of World War Two was a war crime. <laughs> yep, and we're gonna go right to. <laughs> is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is Ip Man an action movie? I'm gonna go yes. All of the action pieces are the major plot pieces, and all of the action pieces are fucking great, and you're living for them the whole time. So I'm gonna go yes. John, is Ip Man an action movie? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The story is there to facilitate various emotions that will culminate into action sequences, like watching a really good season of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, is Ip Man an action movie? It absolutely is. The martial arts in this movie, uh, especially in the beginning, come like fast and furious. There's so many awesome fights. And then it does kind of slow down uh, once like the war begins. But when they do happen, they are appropriately like brutal and and well choreographed and really well shot. Uh, Sammo Hung did the uh, star of Martial Law. Uh, did the uh, with Don Johnson, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did the um, uh, 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 fight choreography yeah. for this movie, and it's astounding. It's really, really great stuff. I had never seen this movie before. It was a great first time watch. Uh, so yes, definitely an action movie, and that'll lead us to final reviews. John, final review of Ip Man. That's ah, real good. There's lots of really good uh, kicking and punching, and uh, makes you makes you feel weird things about history. Mm, Patrick, oh, final review. Man, I totally want to go on a long march. Mark. Oh boy, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh. Mark, final review of Ip Man. I love this movie's IP, man, and I can't hey. wait to watch more. Yeah. Uh, I really love to think about because this was a pretty uh, big success in the United States, which uh, Chinese movies, specifically made and distributed by China, tend to not be. Um, I just want to know how many American audiences sat down, saw the first subtitle of like, it's 1935, and just like, oh man, what a cool, charming time, the roaring 30s, (laughs) hell yeah, man, I wonder what the plot of this movie is going to be, doing a time skip, alright, I guess we're going to see Ip Man's kid grow up, oh, wait, this war doesn't start until the 40s, what are you doing, movie? That's yeah, true. <laughs> this thing doesn't start till like, December 41. Right? It's the day that lives yeah. in infamy. Also, John, I I hate to break it to you, but there were no roaring 30s. <laughs> sure no. there were. They were roaring with desperation. <laughs> yeah. There was nah, the we... roaring of tummies and they waited <laughs> in bread lines. Yeah. No, no, no. We had the 20s where you had your flappers and your great Gatsby's and then you had your 30s where you had your boxcars, which were great with your traveling circuses and carnivals. Oh, what a time to be alive. Ooh, that's a show. If the HBO documentary Carnival has taught me anything, it's that the 30s were all about two enigmatic godlike entities trying to battle for the soul of one 
Reverend played by Clancy Brown in a great performance. And then that fucking kid who goes on to be in uh, one of them shitty CW shows. Can I tell you that later I actually watched, uh, or I just again watched The Grapes of Wrath, and I'm pretty sure that kid got cast in Carnival just because of From what a dead ringer he yeah. is for the young guy in uh, Grapes of Wrath. Mm. Yeah. And that's a famous actor whose name I'm totally blank. Henry Fonda? Right Henry Fonda. He looks yeah. like a young Henry Fonda. Yeah, you're talking about Nick Stahl? Yeah. The guy who played who John played, Connor uh, in Terminator 3, the right. comedy. Yeah. yeah. Nick Stahl. Didn't he also play uh, Yellow Bastard in Sin City? Yes, yeah. he is that Yellow Bastard. And I don't, I didn't, I don't, that's not a, a dig at Nick Stahl, but I'm pretty sure that's how he got that Sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what the 30s were about. It was that Yellow Bastard fighting Clancy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I would imagine that this movie translated well over here for the simple purpose of, like, we were down to see Imperial Japan as an enemy. So it, sure. it's kind of got, like, a shared culture thing there. Well, and it also has, I think, the reason... But it's of, also an action movie. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's, yeah. It's, uh, most people, like, your average, like, rando movie go off the street who likes... Like kung fu movies, yeah. will be like, there's a lot of kung fu in the movie. Yeah, I'll probably just fast forward to the other stuff. Uh, you know <laughs> it's what I mean? It's me, Sylvester Stallone, famous uh, director. Uh. I mean, you get like great movies from, say, Russia or Sweden, and they name one. They don't translate to American audiences because we're like, what the fuck is an Estonian? <laughs> what is this all about, about fucking harvesting wheat? What a bunch of bullshit! Yeah. Those two women keep looking at each other. Do something. <laughs> It's not I a mean, French movie, John. We saw that great Russian movie where that man turned into a bear and fought people. Yes, that's true. The Russian yeah. Avengers. Yeah, the Guardians. Ooh, unfortunately, we got to boycott the Guardians right now, though. It, yep. it, it, it's a good thing I didn't have to like delete that episode because it just <laughs> that was one of the ones where the file got corrupted. Oh no! Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, So that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Body Counts and Beer. Reminding you we have one more episode of Into the Bromleyverse. Patrick, I am trying to remember. What was the first movie you had us watch? The first movie we watched Predator was Predator 2. 2. Right, yes. The second movie was Patriot Games. Yes. Then we got It Man, and we're going to close out the show. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. We begin where we started. Oh, no. With long-suffering Danny Glover. We're doing Lethal Weapon 2. Whoa! Oh. It's the one where the bad guy's got diplomatic immunity! We're gonna get pesci <laughs> God, still, best Joe Pesci performance ever is still in that fucking Captain EO where he's the drug dealer. <laughs> I'm gonna get all the kids on drugs! Drugs for all the kids! Hey, kids, get some drugs here! I'm putting y'all on drugs! This is that Captain EO that's, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Streetwalker? Uh... It's like the smooth criminal. It's like that whole thing. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought that was part... No, you're right. Moonwalker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Captain Neo was... uh... Streetwalker. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different movie. Yeah, It's me, Michael Jackson. I'm walking down the street. (laughs) Don't ask me any questions about my personal life. (laughs) Credits. You won't like the answers. Uh, Yes, but yes. Joe Pesci is the bad guy. Uh, in Moonwalker, and also his digitized voice in the Moonwalker uh, arcade game are beautiful, and I highly recommend you look it up. Oh, Joe Pesci's a treasure. Jocks, 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 jocks. <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it uh, for this episode. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. We'll see you next time. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts from, and leave us a rating and review. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.